0: Hello, and welcome back to Football by the Numbers. My name is John, and I am unfortunately not joined by my good friends Andrew and Will this evening. Unfortunately, they both had prior engagements. Will has family in town, and, you know, of course, it's summertime, so that's the best time to travel. Andrew is actually at another job that he's doing, another sports-related job. He's a swimmer in addition to a legendary soccer player. So not only will you see him on the soccer field, you'll also see him in the pool. But today you get Statman John, you get me, and today we are running through our Euro knockout predictions. So the Euros just ended today at the date of filming. Um, Hopefully, this video goes out before the knockouts begin. And let me just say, woo, my boys Germany doing it again, barely eking into the playoffs or into the knockout rounds. I'll tell you what, I was on the edge of my seat for this game. But before we begin and get too far into that, let me just say, I mean, I guess Joachim Löw can do something right. Um, This 3 Four to one that he plays. I'll I'll get into this later. I don't know what I'm talking about. But anyway, we are going to get into our soccer predictions for the Euro Cup 2020 knockout rounds. We were a little off in our predictions, but conveniently, UEFA updates those group predictions that we did in our video, which, by the way, if you haven't seen, go and check out our video about our Euro predictions. Tell us in the comments what we got belong, cause what we got wrong, because We got a lot wrong and there's a lot of stuff there that needs to be corrected. Luckily, again, UEFA updates these things. So without further ado, let's get into this. Let's start our knockout predictions. So you see here we have our knockout prediction tool. And this is very similar to what we used for our other predictor. Um, It's just the second half of it. So it's already given us the round of 16 teams already pre-filled in. And we're going to go through these games. We're going to go through these matches. And we're going to eventually come up with a winner right here. And the winner is actually my own opinion. So this doesn't relate to what Andrew and Will think. Um, and it's probably different from what their brackets already have. I know they've filled out their brackets. We haven't talked too much about it, so I want this to be a surprise for them as well as for you guys. So without further ado, let's get into this. Let's start talking about these games. First off, we have Portugal versus Belgium. Now, this is going to be a spicy game. So Portugal was number three. They came in at third in the group of death, which was Group F. If you remember, that group had France, Germany, Portugal, and Hungary. And it finished in that order. France finished with five points in first place. Uh, Germany finished with four and Portugal finished with four, and I think it was goal difference that separated the two. If it wasn't goal difference, then it was head to head, or Germany beat France. So there, are excuse me, Germany beat Portugal, and so therefore they're above Portugal in the brackets. And Germany was very lucky to get that. They eked out Hungary at the last, at the it, one of the later goals, and um, we'll get into that. But live, if you take anything start Goretzka. Start Goretzka in some of these games. He's unbelievable. Gundogan does not belong in there. We'll get to that when we get to Germany. But first off, we have Belgium versus Portugal. So, who do we think is going to win this game? To break this down, Belgium was number one in Group B. So, they've already got an advantage on Portugal. However, Group B was a little weaker than Group F. Obviously, if Group F is is the group of death. So Portugal, we'll go into Portugal first because I know I was familiar with that group. Obviously, Germany's my team. Um, they were seven goals. Portugal scored seven goals throughout the group stage here. So what that means is they're very offensive heavy. They were the joint highest in the Euro Cup with Belgium and Italy. Number one being Netherlands. They scored the most goals in in the tournament, but. They were joint third lowest goals against. So while they had the one of the best offense, they had the second best offense tied with Belgium and Italy. When listening to goals for, goals against, they were the third lowest. So they had the third worst defense. Only Slovakia, who had seven scored against them, and Northern Macedonia and Turkey, who had eight goals scored against them, ranked lower than Portugal, who had six goals scored against them. So they came in here with a one goal difference. However, they did average over two XG per game. So that means uh, the way the game played out and based on the shots and where the shots went and the percentage that it made the shots, their statistical models, um, and there are different statistical models that go into this, but, they, uh, but the ones that I looked at, Portugal averaged over two expected goals per game. So in In a game, if it was run through a simulation through a computer, Portugal would be expected to score about two goals every game. However, against the top teams, meaning Germany and France, Portugal averaged over two goals, two expected goals per game. So they would be expected to score over two goals. Now, that doesn't mean three or four. That means like 2.2 or 2.5. However, they averaged almost two expected goals against in the big teams, meaning Germany and France. They were outpassed in all three games, meaning there were more passes completed by Hungary, France, and Germany, and there were more passes completed. So not only were there more passes attempted, but there's more passes completed in all three of those games. In addition to that, remember, they have seven goals. Five of those come from Ronaldo. One of them came from Rafael Guerrero, and another one came from... I don't remember who who scored the seventh goal. But Ronaldo's got five of those goals. So if you shut out Ronaldo, which, which, which is easier said than done, let's be clear here. He is the best striker still in this tournament. Don't tell me Harry Kane. Don't tell me Romelu Lukaku. We'll get to those two later. But Ronaldo has five goals so far this tournament. He's on track to win the Golden Boot, even if Portugal don't make it very far into this tournament. But if you shut him down you pretty much shut down Portugal's offense. Or at least their goal protection. Jota was the other goal scorer, by the way. Just remembered. He had that beautiful goal against France, I believe. Yes, we'll go with France for right now. I'm sorry. France, it was both Ronaldo. It was Germany. He, Jota scored a goal against Germany. My boys, not fun. Not fair. Jota, I know I like you at Liverpool. Calm down, bro. But anyway, so they're through in third with four points. That means they won one game for three points, drew one game for one point, and lost one game. Now, normally, we would be very critical of that. Portugal only had four points, and they're in third place, and they get in. How can you even make this a a logical decision between Belgium and Portugal? Well, it was the group of death. They played France and Germany Two of the best teams in this tournament. And Hungary was no slouch either. They almost drew France. They almost drew Germany. I'm sorry, they did draw France. And they almost drew Germany. Portugal beat them pretty handily in the first game. But again, they had one of the best offenses in the team. Let's move on to Belgium now. Belgium had the second best defense uh, if we're going by goals against. So only England and Italy were better. So Belgium only had one goal scored against them this entire group stage tournament. And that was by Denmark in the second game. England and Italy had zero goals scored against them. So I'll get to England and Italy a little later on. You can see Italy right here against Austria. That's our next pick. We'll get into that game next. However, Belgium, if you've watched their games... Kevin De Bruyne is the lifeblood of this team. He runs this show. In that game against Denmark, KDB, had KDB not come in, I'm not sure that they would have won that game. KDB came in and he completely transformed the game. He got a goal and an assist to beat Denmark 2-1 for Belgium. In addition, Belgium's worrying worrying. Aspect of their team is their aging defense. They have tongan they have Fermalin, and they have Aldervirald, which in our Euro prediction video, go watch that video. Links in the description, and i I'll have a little tag right here that you can just click on it and you can go watch it. But they have an aging defense. All three of those defenders that I just mentioned, Fermalin, Fertongen, and Aldervield, are on the wrong side of 32 and they're slowing down. In addition, if you've seen a couple of these games, Jason Denier's in there. He's filling in. And he wasn't very good, especially against Denmark. He was very, very uh, just making rash challenges. People were dribbling by him. I believe the goal that they scored was a a misplaced pass to Damsgaard, who scored the goal. And it was a beautiful goal. You should go back and watch it. But Jason Denier over at Lyon is not a good defender for this team. So... Uh, and, and in addition, this Denmark team, you may think, oh, Denmark's very good. They have Christian Eriksson. Uh-uh. Remember, he suffered a heart attack against Finland in the first game of the season. He's out for the rest of the tournament, and he may be done with Denmark for good. So, an Eriksson-less Denmark without KDB, they might have gotten beat by Denmark. Their average rating for their team every game, though, is over 6.9, about 7 which is one of the highest in the tournaments left they are still the number one ranked team by UEFA Lukaku also has three goals to his name so not as much as Ronaldo but Belgium do have the potential to make it past Portugal and Belgium did win all three of their games in group B now they did have an easier group but they still won all their games so this one was a very challenging one for me I think I'm going to have to go Portugal. Portugal performed very well in the group of death. They have Ronaldo. They have Xhoto. They have Bernardo Silva. They have Bruno Fernandes. I think if they can lock down their defense, which they should be able to do with Pepe and Ruben Dias, and surprisingly, out of those two... The average rating of Pepe is higher than Ruben Dias. So if Ruben Dias, the talisman defender of Manchester City that won them the title this year, if he can lock it down and get it together, I think that they can really go through these knockout stages very well. And I think they're going to play a lot more aggressive going forward into the knockout stages and out of the group stages where you kind of have to collect goals and sit back and sit on results as you can. That's not going to happen these group stages. Anyway, on to Italy-Austria. Italy. Austria. Italy number one in Group A, the best team left in this tournament. I mean, they were the ones, they scored eight goals, so they had the best goal difference in the Euros. They had zero goals scored against. They had the best offense in the entire Euros so far in the group stage. They dismantled every single team. And you might bring up, well, they only beat Wales 1-0. If you look at the stats, Italy had a two expected goal. Uh, uh, They had two expected goals in that game. They only scored one. And Wales XG was 0.44. Their average average expected goals against also is 0.5. So that means every other match a team is expected to score a goal against them as far as these statistical models go. Meanwhile, they scored almost three goals a game. They they scored seven goals, so about 2.3 goals per game on average. And they conceded zero so far, despite the XG being 0.5 less than 0.5 Austria they finished second in group C behind the Netherlands and um, they, they perform well with Arnautovic as long as he's not shouting race, racial slurs at Albanian and Kosovoan players um, or with at least with that heritage, because he has some Serbian heritage, and he was suspended for their second match against the no- Netherlands, the only game that they lost so far, and they lost it 2-0. They were well-controlled by the Dutch as well. It wasn't like it was a 2-0, but they were lucky to get some goals. Uh-uh. They were held to .7 expected goals, so not even one expected goal. They're, Austria are kind of a middle-of-the-pack team, and as good as Italy look in this tournament – I would expect him to blow by. So I have Italy going all the way in this, in, in this game for sure. Next we come on to France and Switzerland. France was first in the group of death, group F, with five points, barely pulling out a win against Portugal to take that spot because they, well, they actually drew with Portugal. Excuse me. They barely pulled out a win against Germany. And the only reason they pulled out a win against Germany was because Mats Hummels scored the most beautiful own goal of all time. So... In the group of death, however, it's good that you win the group of death because it shows the strength of your team and the resolve of your team that you can beat anybody here if you can beat anybody in this group of death. But it also shows your weaknesses. Again, I mentioned that they were lucky against Germany to even get a point or three points from that game, let alone a point. It should have ended in a 0-0 draw because Germany had actually beat them as far as expected goals are concerned. It was about 0.87 to about 0.2. However, they were lucky also to draw against Portugal. There was a very soft penalty call, which you could say the same thing for Portugal. You know, Portugal were very lucky to draw against France because there was a soft penalty call on their end as well. Um, But the game ended 2-2. And, um, you know, I I think it was a pretty fair result. Both teams were very, very good. Um, And, you know, arguably, France are the strongest team in it. There's... If you look at their team on paper, there's really no distinct weaknesses in their team. And even their, their backup 11 is a pretty strong team and could take on a lot of these teams that finished second or third in their groups. Such as Austria, such as Switzerland, such as Croatia, such as Spain, such as Ukraine. All of these teams I think the France B team could beat. They have a killer midfield combo of Conte and Pogba. And if Griezmann is their creator, that is a solid midfield three. Pogba and Conte average together 10.9 tackles and interceptions per game. That is astounding. That breaks down with 3.3 tackles and interceptions per game for Pogba and 7.6 for Conte. That is ridiculous. They are controlling the midfield in these games. They also average... Two expected goals, again, except for Germany. That German game, they averaged about a tenth of that. And Germany was outstanding defensively in that game. Props to them for showing people how to shut down France. Although France went on to shut down the other two teams that they played, kind of. Because they probably beat them in expected goals. Um, but were held to draws in both of those games. Which was enough to win them the group. The one th- The two things that I have to say about France are... Their offense doesn't look like it's firing correctly. They're getting into positions. Mbappe is playing very well off the off the left. Benzema's looking good. I believe he's got about two or three goals already. Uh Griezmann's creating well. Pogba's creating well. Um, they have players in the defense that are that are creating well. So like uh Benjamin Pavard and Lucas Hernandez especially Lucas Hernandez was the one who made Mats Hummels score the own goal you could say he got the assist but but they really look like they're in second gear and you'll hear a lot of the commentators say that and it's true to get draws against Germany this Germany team they played very well but it's a weak rebuild year for Germany they don't have a great they don't have too many great substitutes especially in the defensive area they don't have an out and out clinical striker like France does in Benzema and in Griezmann and in Giroud and and in countless other players that they have Pogba can finish from uh, his shot today that was saved by Rui Patricio was Astounding! I'm sh- I'm shocked it didn't go in. He can fire him in from the midfield. You have uh, Kylian Mbappe as well. He is an outstanding, incredible player with an extremely hard shot. He almost scored against Manuel Neuer in the game against Germany as well. He he cut in really quick and fired off a shot to the far corner, and Manuel Neuer barely got a hand to it. They're I mean, if if they can get it going here in these in these stages, I think they I think they have a very very good chance of winning it all. Switzerland, however, are a different story. They finished third in Group A, which is unlucky because they were unlucky against Wales. That game finished 1-1, although they, I believe their expected goals should have had them at about 2-1 or maybe 2-0 even. Jerdin uh, Shakiri, the former Bayern man, Liverpool man currently, hopefully moving on at the end of this uh, tournament here. Um, He had two key passes per game. That's his average. However, he had zero versus Italy. So Italy's in that group A as well. So Italy finished first. Wales finished second. Switzerland finished third. He had zero versus Italy. Italy shut him down. So against those big teams, they're not looking great. Um, They keep possession versus big teams as well. Like they kept possession. They beat Italy with possession. But it was wasteful possession. And because of their choking versus bigger teams, I'm going to have to go with France for this game. Moving on, Croatia versus Spain. So Croatia finished second in Group D. But let's be honest here, guys. They're lucky to be here. They beat Scotland 3-1 on the final match day, which was today. Modric still looking like he's powering that team on. Perisic is doing a job too, but they're not great. Their form coming into this tournament was atrocious. They uh, lost to England. They drew to the Czech Republic, and then they barely... They, they, I would say they barely beat it. They, in expected goals, they barely beat it. Modric had a great goal. Vlasic had a great goal, and Perisic had a good goal as well in that game. Um, but expected goals, the, it went the way of Scotland. Scotland should have won that game. And I know that Scotland was trailing for most of the game, so the expected goals are going to be higher. But they outshot. Croatia. They outplayed them, in my opinion. They have le- they also have less XG. They have less expected goals than every opponent they've played in this tournament so far. So they perform worse or they get an early goal and go or go. By- I mean, in England, they went behind early with the Sterling goal and they, they still had less expected goals, which is shocking. It's just shocking. Um, they average expected goals against is about 1.5 and their average expected goals is about 1. so they're averaging 0.5 expected goal differential against -0.5 I should say. And they they just weren't they I don't think they're going to make it that far in this tournament. However, Spain to get on to Spain, they were second in group E. So they had They're they're a very creative team. And when I say that, their lowest passing number is 670 passes. Their lowest completion percentage for passing is 88%. But they don't have a clinical goal scorer. Which before the last match today against Slovakia where they blew them out 5-0, they had scored one goal and conceded one goal and drew two matches. Once against Sweden and once against whoever else was in their group. Anyway, moving on. They had drawn twice. Um, once to Sweden, who want, ended up winning the group. And Sweden looks like a powerful team. We'll get into them next. They uh, they average greater than two expected goals per game, which is very good. And they're a very creative team. So we, we do expect that they're going to have a higher expected goals number. However, that no goal scorer to finish off those chances, because let's be real, Alvaro Morata is not a good player. He's just not a good goal scorer. I've been saying this for years. Nobody wants to listen to me, but... If there is a player who is lacking confidence and defines that you could find that and look no further than Alvaro Morata just a, and I mean Spain with Alvaro Morata would be like Bayern Munich with Alvaro Morata. It's like take Lewandowski and take him out of the team and put Alvaro Morata in and Bayern probably don't win their 10th title next year. Changes that that they made that Spain made this game that I think will eventually move them past Croatia and will pick them right here. Um they brought in Dave and that's a Chelsea joke. Chelsea fans, leave a like down there because you know, you know who I'm talking about with Dave. They had Dave at right back. That's Cesar Azpilicueta for you people who aren't who aren't Chelsea fans and justifiably so. Uh Chelsea fans, make sure to actually leave your like after that after that joke. Um so are is they drew two games 1-0 0-1 1-1 and then they beat Slovakia, who was third in their, in, their, um, in their group, 5-0. 5-0. So are they unlucky to have greater than two expected goals and have drawn two games with less than two goals? Or is it because of that lack of a clinical finisher? Either way, let me know down below in those comments. Let's move on now to Sweden versus Ukraine. So Sweden finished first in Group E. Ukraine finished third in Group C. So, talking about Sweden first, Sweden beat Poland in the very last kick of the game to win their group. So, if they hadn't scored that goal, Spain would have won the group and been first and playing Ukraine, and we would have had Sweden versus Croatia, and Sweden would have had a harder harder journey against this. Spain were very lucky to win, get that 5-0 win against Slovakia, but, you know, they would have won the game anyway. They should have won the game anyway. Um... Also, if we think back to 2018, Sweden won their group when it was a very hard group with Mexico, with Germany, and with South Korea as well. So this isn't uncommon for them to make big moves like this. They performed well against Spain, despite only having 15% possession and being incredibly outshot. By the way, Robin Olsen, goat keeper I mean, Manuel Neuer, obviously, first. But GOAT keeper Robin Olsen, he's a backup at Everton. I think he spent some time on loan at Roma. I'd love to see him get a transfer to a big club like Roma or one of those upper-middle-tier clubs over in Italy or in in the Bundesliga or something like that. I would love to see him at Borussia Dortmund. I think Borussia Dortmund would be an excellent place. Roman Berkey is not the keeper. I don't think he even made the Swiss team. That's how... And Dortmund fans, I know you're in denial and you think he's a good goalkeeper. He's just not. I'm sorry. He's not. So uh, Jan Andersen is their coach and he's a beast. He's he's really done some great things with that team and he's powered them on to this number one spot here. Emil Forsberg has created, has created three goals. He's shot three goals himself. Two conceded in the Euros um, uh, so far. So they only have two goals against and they've scored quite a few. The only... People, the only teams who have beaten Sweden so far in goals conceded are England, who have zero; Spain, who have won; Belgium, who have won; and Italy, who have zero. So they're in good company. Their defense is pretty good, and their goalkeeper is saving a lot of shots, especially in that Spain game. So they consistently have over one xG, but they have below two xG. So that's the expected goals again. Um, despite the high go- expected goals against number they also have low expected they have low goals against so their expected goals number they're taking a lot of shots and they're they're taking a lot on defense but they're not scoring goals so something in that defense or in that keeper is working pretty well and they're able they're overperforming on defense so they're in form and they're doing really well because this isn't just a one game thing this is a multiple game threshold thing here where they only have two goal two goals Against him so far. And I think they had two expected goals against versus Spain. And that game ended 0-0. So I'm still waiting on uh, Alexander Isak to make his mark personally. But I was very happy to see Dejan Kuliszewski brought in. And he just adds an extra dimension to the Sweden team. He really does. He has three key passes. Two assists off 17 touches in this last game against Poland. He had he was just instrumental in beating Poland. Two assists. Two assists. That's out of their three goals. He he deserved man of the match in my opinion. He was he was excellent. I don't think he got man of the match because he came on as a substitute. And um, Emil Forsberg had two goals, so he's probably got the man of the match. But he was very very good. Deserves a start over Robin Quaison in my opinion. In, in my opinion, under Ukraine third and third place in Group C. They were the worst. Third place team by points and goal differential. So they were the last team to make it in here. They were the last team to qualify for the knockout stages, literally. So they are the worst team in here as, as far as goal differential plus points go. They And I think they had the weakest group too. Group C was with the Netherlands and with Austria, with Ukraine, and with – they didn't have – I don't remember who their last place team is. It doesn't really matter. Who cares? Who cares? They have I mean if in if Sweden, in my opinion, if Sweden can shut down Yaremchuk, Yarmalenko, Zinchenko, and Malinovsky, they'll shut down this Ukraine team. And that's again easier said than done. That's four players. They're very creative players. Uh Yarmchuk's only 24. Yarmalenko, the former West Ham man Zinchenko over at Man City. It's gonna be a job, but I think they can do it. Um They're the only players, those four players that I mentioned, are the only players to have above a 7.0 match rating. And that's not average. That's in one game. They're above 7.0. So this team isn't very good. They got dominated by Austria. They got dominated by the Netherlands. They were lucky to in ahead of Finland. Their average expected goals is .6 as well. So I obviously think Sweden are going to win this game. Now, on to one of the most fun games I think we're going to have In this knockout stage, the England Germany rematch from 2010. 11 years later, we we meet again in a major tournament. And I think we're going to win. Just going to click my boys now. It's going to be a tough game. That's going to be very close. So, England are. Underperforming. I mean, I think that's very, very valid to say is that they're underperforming. Now, on defense, they have zero goals against. They're not very... You can't really underperform zero goals against. But they only have two goals. And both goals are scored by Raheem Sterling, their left winger, both times. They have Harry Kane, allegedly the best striker in the world and the best striker in the Premier League. He won the Premier League... Uh, golden boot and he had the top assists last year. But I think that's the problem is Kane is dropping too far into the midfield. He's not being an out and out number nine goal scorer, and that's because of tactics, and that's because what he's worth he's used to at Tottenham. You need to change your tactics, Southgate. Zero goals for Harry Kane is unacceptable. They did look better in the last game. They played whoever that whoever that third place team was in their group. The Czech Republic. Um, they looked better with Grealish and Saka in there as opposed to um as opposed to Mason Mount and as opposed to Phil Foden. I think Saka looked better. I think Grealish looked really creative. He's one of those players where you give him the ball and he's either going to create a chance or he's going to draw a foul and thus create a chance. They looked very good. Their expected goals average is actually 1.5. So it's above this one goal. And that's for all three games. They they averaged about 1.5 goals against. Or goals, four. Goals against their average XG was... Point four, so they're doing very well defensively. They're they're doing something right. All all three games, they averaged less than one goal per one goal against. <clears throat> Obvi- well, one expected goal against, I should say. However, they were in a weak group. Their group was not strong. They were out They have not been outpossessed yet. To the st- to the way that Germany has outpossessed all their opponents. I think that's going to severely hinder them. And there, there, where is England's where is England's strength? England's strength is in Harry Kane and Marcus Rashford and Jadon Sancho and Grealish and Mount, in uh, Sterling, in Saka, in all of these offensive players. Yet they play so defensive. They, I think they played played three at the back against Croatia, or five at the back even with with Kyle Walker out there and uh, Kieran Trippier out on the other side as wingbacks. And they consistently, consistently play Declan Rice and Calvin Phillips, two center defensive mids who are trying to control the midfield and trying to hold that back. Now, I think that's going to maybe work against Germany, playing the defense and trying to loft balls up to Kane, but not if Kane's trying to strike. Raheem Sterling isn't going to score those goals on that side unless they Germany plays the high line and they get in behind, which could happen. But Germany, Germany... I mean, let's just let's just get into it. They have an amazing, amazing, amazing team, considered considering what they did in the twenty eighteen World Cup, and considering what we all thought they were going to do. We all thought they were going to crash out in third, or maybe even lose the group to Hungary. So let's just let's just state this out. Get this out here. Let me let me go on my little rant here for a second. Liv, start, Goretzka. Get Gundogan out. He doesn't play well in this formation. Nobody plays well in this weird formation. What are you doing? Play a 4-2-3-1 like everybody else in this formation, like everybody else in this team plays other than Robin Gosens. It seems like you're trying to force him in and make him a thing. Stop trying to make him a thing. Go with the... If I mean, I know German fans don't like to see all these Bayern players in there, but what do you want? Do you want a strong... Do you want a strong German team or do you want to be super inclusive and make the team worse, but make it more inclusive of other teams like Chelsea, like um, like Borussia Dortmund, like all these other Bundesliga teams like Real Madrid? And I'm not saying that the two Chelsea players in Havertz or three Chelsea players in Havertz, Rudiger and Werner need to be excluded from the team because they should probably make the team. But Kevin Volland, why is he on the team? uh M- M- Ginter why is he starting over Sula um Gundogan why is he starting over Goretzka in this weird formation he's like a center attacking mid he should be up he should have started over Leroy Sané in that attacking position he shouldn't start in the center midfield Goretzka should start there he's been incredible this tournament so far he's one of the eight players who's averaging 7 uh, 7.0 or better across this whole tournament so far uh, on the German team Anyway, the the loss of Müller today in the Hungary game was really what hurt us so far. It really hurt us because he's an on-the-field coach. Mats the two of the three exiles from the 2018 World Cup, um, he's still insane. He's averaging 4.3 tackles and interceptions per game. He had an excellent last-man tackle on Mbappe in the game against France. Um, again they outperform everybody on expected goals everybody in the group of death they outperformed on expected goals but they don't have that clinical striker right now we're playing with Nabry up front and it's Nabry and Kai Havertz and Thomas Muller that are all kind of mishmashing for striker and we're working on working in midfielders for goals too Leroy Sané might come in and be a threat although he hasn't yet we got Timo Werner who apparently isn't a striker anymore he's a left winger and he's He's all in his head like Alvaro Moranta but not at the same not at the same rate or not at this in the same way. We're a very possession heavy team though, which is fun to watch. We average about 64.6 65% possession every game. We're passing extremely well. We're averaging about in the high 80s to 90% possess, uh, passing accuracy and we have about 13 shots per game in the group of death, which is pretty great. So this is why I think Germany's offense is gonna overcome Gareth Southgate's defensive style. And then when England are trying to push, I think Germany are gonna be good on the counter. They're gonna be exposed, and they're gonna expose England just like they did in 2010. So anyway, let's move on real quick to the Netherlands here. First in Group C, they were a weak group once again, they got a bad manager in Frank DeBoer. I think he's going to be exposed in this game against Czech Republic. They had a leaky defense versus Ukraine Their Expected goals was like .5, I think, against against Ukraine. And they let in, two. They barely won that game, 3-2. Um, they were worst... The again, I mentioned Ukraine were the worst of the third place teams. They try to play possession, they average about 58%, but I think they're not, a, they won't be as good as Germany in the possession game. Um, and they allow too many shots per game, they allow 10 shots per game. Which, if you let a team like France or like Portugal or like Sweden or somebody like in with 10 shots in a game, you're going to get scored on and you're going to get beat, however. The Czech Republic, I don't, I don't know about this game. This game's going to be very close, but I think it's going to be a boring game. The Czech Republic are the lowest scoring of all the third place teams. Again, they got third place in England's group, Group D. Um, Patrick Schick's their only scorer, and they've only scored three goals. And that he scored three goals across two games. One of them was a half, uh, a half pitch volley that he volleyed in the net versus Scotland, and it was a lucky goal. Um, they're, they average less than 400 passes per game, too, so they're a very direct team, which I think the Netherlands can stop and pass around and possess around. They're not going to have a ton of possession. And uh, if you can shut down Suchek, Sufal, and Schick, Suchek being center defensive mid, Sufal being a right back, and Patrick Schick at striker, I think you can beat this team. So I think the Netherlands kind of have it here. I'd like to see an upset from the Czech Republic, but we'll see what happens. Finally, our last game before we move on in this tournament, um, Wales, they were second in group A versus Denmark, who was second in group B. Wales did hold Italy to one goal. Let's not forget that. They did hold Italy to one goal. They were lucky against Switzerland, but they did hold out for a draw against Switzerland as well. Um, in addition, real quick note here, Bale, Gareth Bale, he is he is kind of a wash-up and a has been, but he showed his true quality versus Turkey with a 9.1 rating. He had two assists, and he shows he could be good on his day. Plus Kiefer Moore, the six foot five striker out there. I'm still waiting on him to start banging in goals. You've got Aaron Ramsey who can bang in some goals. They've got a decent team. Now they are, I believe, without Ethan Ampadu, because he did get a red card in the last match against Italy. But I think they can make do without him. I think this will be an interesting game. Denmark, they are the worst second-place team. They're in on goal differential after they beat Russia. All those teams in Group B finished with three points. It was Russia, there was um, Denmark, and then there was one other one other team in third place that I don't think made it. They beat Russia on the final day 4-1, to one, and that's how they got in on goal differential. They probably still would have gotten in with a win... Uh, Russia were were destined to make it in. It looked like they might because I believe they. Oh, they didn't score the first goal, um, but you know they just played poor. They don't have Christian Eriksen. Um, the Belgian game, they were they were very unlucky. I think they should have won that game. They expected goals for. Uh, Denmark were about 1.8 and 0. 0.6 for Belgium. So Belgium was really lucky to come away from with a win from that game. And they have good young talent. Damsgaard Mele and, uh, and and Pierre-Emile Um They did lose to Finland. So Finland was in that group. And they were the third place team. So Russia did crash out of that group. So I think Denmark can beat Wales here. I think this is going to be a good game. So going bottom up here... Denmark, and the I think the Netherlands beat Denmark. I think with Christian Eriksen, it would be a different story for Denmark. But I think the Netherlands do beat it. They do have some good talent in Frankie de Jong they've, um, and uh, some other players out there. Um, Weindahl, I think, is good. Denzel Dumfries is good on his day as well, although he does give up possession a lot. Ginny Wijnaldum seems to be a good captain for them. And he can smash in some goals as well. Um, Sweden-Germany. This is a rematch from 2018 World Cup. I really want to see Germany do this. I would love to see him beat Sweden and get revenge on it, although that is going to be a very hard game, and I'm eager to see that if it does happen. Um, let's go, Jan Anderson. Bring it this time, boy. Let's see if you can do a double. Moving on up here, France and Spain. France. I mean, Spain doesn't have a clinical goal scorer. We saw what France did against Germany and just parked the bus and locked their box down with Varane and with Kempembe, with Pavard, uh, who, uh, you know, they could use Kunde out there. They have some other right-back options as well. I wouldn't be surprised to see Pavard back in the lineup, and they're just giving him a rest. Um, um, but they just locked it down. Spain don't have a clinical striker, and although they can carve some teams open, they don't have anybody who can finish a goal. And the only game where they scored more than one goal was against Slovakia and they were they were horrible they were atrocious in that game. With uh, by the way we need to investigate Debravka for letting for just smacking that goal in his own net. Sports betting or whatever. I'm just kidding of course, but I mean that was that that looked horrible. Go back and watch the replays and check that out. Um, Italy Portugal I you know Ronaldo is a goat. This is going to be his last. European exclusive tournament I think he's playing in the World Cup in 2022 but I don't I mean even even if Portugal beat Belgium I don't see them I don't see them losing to Italy I mean, I don't see them winning against Italy, rather. Italy are just such a good team. They're firing in all c- cylinders. Their backups are good. Mancini has really turned that team around. And I think Italy even beat France because France, in the group of death, was shown to have a lot of weaknesses. And I know that DeChamp would really pick it up. That's going to be a game of the tournament, Italy-France. I almost wish that France were on the other side of the bracket so we could see this game in the final. But... Um, I think Italy's going to do it. I think they're, the way they dominated their group, they had no holds barred. They showed no mercy. I think their front three are are incredible of Insigne, Immobile, and Berardi. They've really dominated possession and held people, held other teams in their own half on the counter. And in transition, they played really well um, with Jorginho really controlling things. Um, and passing balls all around in the midfield with with um, Locatelli and Barella on the other sides. Um, and then Spinozola and Di Lorenzo also pushing up from the wings. They have a real, real skill for just... and and just wrapping wrapping their hands around other teams' necks, metaphorically, of course. Don't want to get any strikes on YouTube here. But wrapping their hands around the other team's metaphorical neck and just strangling them in their own half until they get a goal. And they are very, very good. And France was exposed in the group of death, which is almost why I think this could be a confidence killer for France and why they might fall out. Early on, although if they're playing Switzerland and Spain or Croatia, it's it's probably not going to happen. So the semis, I see him going to, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the final and even to go on to win this. Germany, Netherlands, Germany. I think Netherlands have a weak team. I know we didn't do well against them in the Nations League, but that was with Ronald Koeman. That wasn't with Frank de Boer. Frank de Boer, I don't think, is a good enough coach to beat Germany. And even if Germany has this weird formation. Um, and a weird team, you know. This could very well be Sweden, um, and it'd be interesting to see Sweden. You know, Sweden could pull a Greece oh, what, what was it oh four, Greece oh four Euros where they come in and they just really have a. They, I mean, Sweden have a good good strategy of just parking the bus, playing and hitting in transition. They have some good forwards in Forsberg and Kulishewski They can real and Isak too. Isak hasn't even made his mark on the Euros, but he's he's. He's they're they're gonna be very good, so I wouldn't see wouldn't be surprised to see Sweden here, but with Germany, I just see him hitting the Netherlands and really pressuring them and taking possession and playing around their box until they find a goal. Um, and we saw how clinical they can be with with Gosens if he gets if he gets firing and all the forwards like Havertz get to firing as well. Um, yeah, I, I see him Germany beating the Netherlands. I see it a close game, you know, two one maybe. Um, maybe two0 with a with a late goal kind of seal in the match but it's it's gonna be a good game um, Netherlands would also play three at the back as well with daily blind deVry and De Ligt. so um, I'm looking forward to that but overall I think we have to have Italy win in this whole thing there's there's no way that Italy with how good they are that I can see them losing to anybody except maybe France and they they've got a very very hard route to the final. Playing Italy, uh, you know, playing Austria, who's who's no slouch, but they're they're kind of a middle of the road team. Playing either Portugal or Belgium, that is a hard second round. Probably playing France in the semis, that is a hard game. And Germany, I mean, that's probably the easiest game since the round of 16 for them. But anyway, guys, these are our predictions. We think. At least I think Italy and Germany in the final, and of course, I am biased. I like how Germany play, I think they can get it together. But what do you guys think? Who's in your final? Let us know in the comments down below. Thank you guys once again for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe. Go check out our socials, links are going to be in the description. Go check out our other Euro predictions that we did and tell us what we did wrong. Look out for our Copa America preview. And, of course, we're going to do a Gold Cup preview. We have a State of the Union coming out where we talk about the U.S. men's national team and how they're doing and what we think each player is best in and what our best starting lineup should be for the Gold Cup and some other stuff, too. It's going to be really awesome. But thank you guys again for joining, and we will see you next time. We are football by the numbers. Peace!